Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 14th episode. This episode is going to be the second episode of a four-part series on team culture, the mindset behind it, how you create culture, how you sustain it, how you protect it, and talk about the, the cool nuances that makes up culture. So my guest today, Coach Matt Ray, who is the head varsity football coach at Antelope High School out of Northern California. The way that I got connected with Coach Ray, by Coach reaching out to me, he listened to my first podcast of the series with Coach Patrick Walsh from Sarah High School, and he basically said, hey, I'd like to get on your podcast and share with you a little bit about our program and the cool things that are happening here. And and when he reached out to me, I was like, this would be great. I would, you know, I've heard of Antelope High School. I'm, I'm from Northern California. I know they've had a pretty decent program. But the more that I started to do some research on what Coach Ray has done in the last going into his 10th year is remarkable. I mean, really remarkable. Let me, let me read some stats to you before we go any further. In the last nine years under Coach Ray, which the school's only been uh, open for the last 10 years, he's had four league titles, nine winning seasons, seven playoff appearances, 23 straight regular wins. In the last two years, he's been 24-2. and two. He's produced 18 total student-athlete scholarships, and 12 of them were D1 scholarships. And right now, his team carries a 3.0. So when you think about what he's done in the last decade, most coaches and programs don't have the, the luxury or the opportunity to create something special like this. And it takes teams and programs 5, 10, 15 years to not only pr- produce the, the, the results he has, but to have a sustaining culture. And the culture that he's been creating at Antelope High School is not just a winning culture, it's a character culture. So we'll get more into how he develops culture and sustains it and what the Titan Five means to the program, which are basically the five pillars that make up his culture. So you're going to love this interview. You're going to really enjoy understanding a little bit from his perspective how to create culture and what it means to the Antelope program. So let's go talk to Coach Ray. Hey, Coach, how are you? Good, good. Doing good. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being on my show. And and honestly, I want to thank you for reaching out to me when you saw some of my, my other uh, promotions for my podcast. Um, it was awesome. And, and for my for my listeners, you know, Coach Ray came out to me and reached out and said, hey, you know, we got some cool things going on with our culture. I'd love to talk about the antelope culture, the Titan culture. So, um, so I appreciate and, and thank you for reaching out. Oh, my pleasure. You do a you do a great job. It's I think it's something that is an under uh, undervalued an undervalued asset of, of of high school sports or athletics or football in general. Um, you know the culture that we provide for the for our for our athletes and moving them into uh, the next phase of their life. I think is something that's not talked about enough. Absolutely, and for me, culture is just it's. I love it. I love talking about culture. I think it's the identity. Uh, you know, it's the face of the franchise, face of the program. And when you get the right players bought into it, it's it's a beautiful thing because a lot of things can spawn from it. Right, right, for sure, for sure. We've we've uh, we've tried to really we've worked really hard at trying to um, really kind of 
hone in on what those things are, you know, in our eyes and um, with our staff and, and really try to provide, like, like you said, a, um, a real a sense of belonging to our, our kids that, that expands beyond the actual games and, and gives them something to kind of really kind of, you know, grab onto and, and, um, and move towards. And, and it's, I think it's been something that's really helped our program move along here pretty quickly in our short amount of time, you know, being a program. Absolutely. And we'll get into how robust your, your program is and the success you've had just in the last nine years. But before we get into that and, and kind of peel back the onion with regards to culture, I always ask all my guests this question to, to kind of start off our to start off my podcast, kind of more of a mindset. What does mentally tough mean to you? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think mentally tough, um, we just, we just kind of talking to our kids about, about this. Um, uh, last night, actually, we just finished up with our camp, but I think mentally tough for us and, and what we're looking for is somebody that can, they can handle adversity. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's sports or in life, you know, we're all going to be dealt with some adversity at some point in time and to really, to be able to persevere through those, through those, uh, obstacles and be able to know that, you know, we're all going to get knocked down at some point in our life, but we have to be able to get up and, and learn from either a mistake or something that, that surrounded us and be able to move forward. And, you know, cause at the end of the day, um, we, through those adverse situations, there still are expectations put on us, be it, be it, uh, be it in the sport, being in a game to perform or as a father or as a, you know, as a husband or in a job force, we still have expectations. So being able to be mentally tougher for us in our minds is being able to, to handle that those adverse situations, being able to persevere, get ourselves back up, no matter what's going on, if be it life or sport, and be able to move forward and 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 and, and meet the expectations that are still governed over us. Absolutely, man. It's it's all about resiliency, and you know, I, always when I'm working with athletes and or just having conversations with performers, you know, we're always constantly surrounded by the emotional hurricane whether if it's internal or external where you have all these factors of Mm -hmm. you know you have pressure of social media and you have your parents want you to do well you want to get Mm -hmm. a scholarship and all these things that are surrounding you but how can you mentally deal with those situations in in the midst of that experience or in the midst of performance right so no i I agree with you 100 percent 100 percent when it comes to culture what what is what does team culture mean to you as a head coach? Well, trying to establish a a, a place that's safe, and so for 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 us, when we're trying to establish a safe environment, we're trying to provide an, a, an a, um, provide a place where kids can feel free to express themselves, um, where they can feel free that that um, no matter their their talent level or ability level, um, you know their upbringing, their their wealth or lack of wealth, their their race, their gender, all of that that they that they feel that that are within our program, they're going to be respected all all equally. Um, you know, I think that's obviously an issue that we face as a society right now, and a lot of the things that we see and and our kids are you know our kids see a lot of things that they probably shouldn't see you know through so, social media and all the avenues that they have now that, you know, you and I didn't have when we were their age. Um, and so I think for us trying to provide a place where they, they feel that they, you know, they belong, you know, and that they're, that they, they're valued, you know, no matter what their, you know, what their contribution level is and within a game, 
game day, trying to make sure that all of them feel a sense of value, um, that, that they feel like, you know, they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, and that they, at the, you know, at the end of the day, that they gain a sense of self-worth through what they're doing in our program, be it in the off season or, you know, through the, through our community service projects or, you know, the actual, just the grind of the season, you know, that, you know, when they leave us, you know, they're going to, they they feel like they're a part of something. We've, we've been, you know, one of the biggest, I think, compliments that we have as a program is that every year we just have so many kids come back, alumni, um, kids come back and watch, you know, if it's a seven on seven or come back to games or call or wish good luck or, you know, I think that's, that's been a huge, uh, uh, that's been something, you know, fun to see because we did start the program so young. So, you know, being, I, I was the first head coach this was a school ever had. So, you know, my first class, you know, I had was, were sophomores and freshmen. So I've, I know the first seniors and they're just starting now to get into their professional lives 10 years into their, you know, after high school or they'd be seven years out of high school for the first senior class. So it's just seeing them come back and be able to, you know, talk and, you know, really show that the team atmosphere that we set and that, that dynamic had really kind of facilitated them, you know, success in their lives, be it professionally or personally. No, that's great. You know, when you when you look at culture, regardless the wins and the losses, I feel what makes a successful culture is kind of what you're saying. When you have these these kids, these players that create this kinship and this friendship that's long lasting, where they come back and they want to be part of the program, or they're in each other's weddings, or they're just they're so dialed in that they they talk to each other every month, every other month. Because I I have guys that I played with in high school still to this day we, it's just b- because of the culture that I was in it allowed me to build those relationships so I think that what you're doing there is is obviously creating awesome individuals you, it seems like you have a very strong culture and obviously I want to learn lo- a little bit more about it sure but when you think of actually let me ask you this question when you started your first day at Antelope High School, what are the, even though obviously you're starting from the ground up, what do the culture look like from your perspective? Well, you know, there was none. So, <laughs> right. um, you know, cause of the fact that we had, you know, I, when, when I was hired, we didn't even have, you know, our school was being built. So I was actually the head coach at, um, at, a, at another school. Um, so I was, you know, still doing my, my duties there, but you know, with that being said, I've been, I've been very, 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 fortunate to be um surrounded with at the school that i'm at now at antelope high school by our by our 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 principal uh john becker um he's been pretty kind of what he's known for is culture development so you know we have an athletic culture in which you know obviously stems within football culture but we also you know our school culture is is really different than most schools um, the way in which kids are treated, you know, from rally type stuff to just the overall feeling that our campus has is something that he's kind of talked about from the very beginning when we, when we, we, we became a school initially that, that was something he wanted to provide a different, a different feel, you know, where our school is about 1800 to 1900, we're, we're mid to, to we're mid to low socioeconomic uh, demographic, um, very, very diverse, very diverse population. Um, at our school and so 
you know, his, his big thing was that we want to provide a culture and that he, that's what we, he talks about a lot is the culture of what we're doing. And so most of the people he hired kind of fit along with developing a culture or having a, some type of strength to help develop that culture that he kind of wanted. And, and it really what's, what's happened is our high schools become kind of renowned for our culture overall. Um, so that, that being said, from the very beginning, the first day was that was always the push is to, to build a culture, kind of weed out, not necessarily weed out the, the, the bad, but really kind of maybe um, fertilize the, 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 un- the, the, the underdeveloped. I mean, as far as meaning uh, really giving them some of, the, some of our kids, especially as young as they were coming from the areas that they were, the schools, pulling the kids from the schools that, that they were, um, we're at as freshmen, really kind of giving them a different sense, a different reality through the interactions they had with the staff, you know, the both teachers and their, you know, coaches, um, and also giving them that sense of, hey, this is this is some, somewhere different, and this is not something that's fake. It's it's real, and and this is how it's real in a different way. So from that very beginning, there was always a stress on culture. Be it, you know, although we didn't have kids in the initial. You know, when I first got the job or football wise, it was just a, a push that, hey, we can we need to do these things. This is how we're going to do it. So there's always kind of like a direction. Got it. Got it. Well, and I want to get in your mind a little bit. You know, before you took on this job, you know, you coached at East Nicholas. You won two champ- championships right. out of three years there. Right. What was your mindset going taking this job? How were you? What was going through your mind on how am I going to build this culture? Um. Well, the pill, well, when I, when I got the job, I was, I was still pretty young. So, you know, when you're young, you think you know everything. So, um, and so you're, it's a constant learning, learning deal. Um, so when I, when I took the job, I come from a background of coaches. So I, I've been around coaching my whole life. My grandfather was a head coach at my high school for, for over 40 years. My dad was eight years after that. So almost 50 years of the high school that I, that I graduated from was, was, uh, was ran by my family. So I've been around that my whole life. So some of the things, some of the things that, that we talk about as culture were just kind of ingrained as me as just kind of the way things are, you know what I mean? Not necessarily things that you have to teach. So, um, for me, you know, we kind of, we kind of scoped it all down to five things. And this was all something that we had taught since the beginning, but there was a point in time where we, where I felt, you know, one of the big things we as coaches always want is we want leaders, you know, we want leaders within the culture and, and, and you want, you want guys to be able to be able to uh, be able to take control and reign of the team where coaches are, are, are just kind of, kind of just maybe guiding the boat in a little direction, but the kids are really running the, running the deal the, from, from all aspects. And so we, we figured like we needed to start working with our kids on what, what our culture is and kind of what, what are those the defining words? And so it really came down to, and our kids kind of did this and it all kind of worked out and we call it the Titan five. Um, and it's something that we kind of, we talk about daily, the weight room off season to school, everything, life, how interaction with peers, community, but it's respect, commitment, accountability, perseverance, and effort. And we go in that order and we talk about what those, those five things mean as far as football, as far as community, as far as life. We talk about one of the big things, one of our sayings is, is that it has nothing, to, it has everything to do with football and nothing to do with football at the same time. Meaning basically that this is really what, what we're really talking about is character right? Um, and how we treat one another and how, how we want, how we want to be perceived um, and how we want to get the best out of the, the next person. Those kind of would be the, I think, I guess if you want to say the pillars of our culture is those five things, because those five word cues, 
And now that we've, we've taught our kids what those look like and we go through actually have leadership um, presentations where we actually dive into those words and we talk about experience with those words. So, so when we talk about it, it's not just a word. We have the kids know what we're, what our definition and we come up with that together as a group, what that looks like. So there's more of a buy-in to it, I guess, you know, there's more of a buy-in because they have a say so in it. It's not necessarily a directive. It's more of a, a collaborative, you know, uh, coming to a, re- a realization that these are our, these are our key components of not only football, but life and school and success in general. And that kind of lends itself to really, you know, really establishing, you know, really a sense and underlying theme. And then kind of sub subpar of that, it would be our things that we feel like cultural wise is that we're, we're truly player based. So as a staff, we really, and that player base doesn't mean best friends. And, you know, that doesn't mean that's not what it means, but it really, we really are putting those kids in a position as a staff to really grow as individuals, try to stretch them, you know, put them in positions where they're going to have to, get outside of their comfort zone and really and really uh investigate who they are as people you know i think that's that's something that we do an excellent job i think we really do a good job in our program culture wise of uh really providing providing them the basis of being successful in college be it if they get an opportunity to play or not putting them in a position where they understand you know how to execute time management being able to execute being a student and an athlete at the same time and managing and and being able to maybe um, prioritize time. Our, our character, like I just told you, I gave you our character development, I think is as good as any, and that's kind of what Titan 5, because we actually, like I said, it's not something that's a directive. We actually do classes, and we have the ability in our, in our the way in which my school's set up, to we actually have a period a day or a period a week where um, I have those kids beyond the normal period. It's called an intervention period. Some schools have it. So I get 40 minutes, and we spend time in that class over those 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 uh, those character development uh, deals and talk about our experiences or fix anything that's going on. And the last one, like I said, that I I felt culture wise, I wanted to bring in good people. I mean, that's what it starts with, right? You got to have good people around, good good role models, good people that uh, have good backgrounds. And so, my the staff that I've hired, I think is one of the best in the area as far as football wise. I think we're really good there, but I think we're even better as people. You know, I've got all kinds of guys that have different, from different experiences, from pastors to, to uh, deputies to teachers to independent business owners uh, on a wide spectrum that have a, you know, a wide spectrum of knowledge about life. You know what I mean? Age, you know, about life, about what life is. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, well, I mean, really, I mean, as football coaches, we can, we can talk about X's and O's. We can talk about schemes. We can talk about a lot of different things. But really, we're teachers. Really, we're if we're doing it the right way, I feel, and the way I was raised, is that we're using the game of football as a vehicle to teach the lessons of life. And I think there's guys that say that, but I think there's there's not everybody actually does it. I feel like we actually do it, so that when our kids leave, you know, they have a basis of understanding of 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 what it is to be a successful person and what that looks like, what it is to be a you know what it is to be a man. Or when we kind of we go we dive into what is a man, you know, and that's that you know how that that that. that that question right there can go in a million different directions and really try to get those kids to get outside their, get outside their, their, get outside what they, what they've been infiltrated through social media or even, you know, what they, what they see on a daily basis. Right, man. That's all that stuff is awesome. It's great stuff. And, and what's awesome about your culture. I love it. It's based off character. You have a character culture and there's a lot of programs out there 
that they do focus on that. But, you know, there are some programs that are – it's all about the winning culture. And, sure, sure. You know what I mean? And what's really cool about your culture is that because it's so focused on character and – I, and I love the Titan Five, respect, commitment, accountability, perseverance, effort – and you're talking about that every day, and you're talking about that in intervention classes. I mean, that's how you condition a young man's mind, but also strengthen the culture. And when you think about character culture versus winning culture, yes, your program has four league titles, nine winning seasons, seven playoff appearances, 23 straight regular wins. Um, You've developed a total of 18 athletes that got scholarships, I mean, you've got GPA, right. average of a 3.1, if you will. So, yep. yes, your character, the result of having a character culture results into wins, but that's not the focus. You know what I mean? That's great. No. Right. Right. Awesome. Winning, awesome. Is a by, winning is a byproduct of that. And, um, you know, and, I, and I, we truly, like I said, we truly believe that the work that we've put in to develop those those pillars and, you know, and has really allowed our kids to set expectations and even, you know, really buy into that whole team concept, which we know in the football as being the ultimate team game. That's, that's what it's about. You know, you're going to have athletes you're going to have guys, you're going to have dudes that come in and come out, but consistency is based on the fact that you having a team uh, chemistry and a, and a being able to collaboration to be able to work together with, with a group that really allows you to be, you know, successful year in, year out. So, cause you're not going to get guys, you're not going to have, you're not going to have the, you know, you're not going to have the dude dudes every, every year. You got to be able to, to, to have a different way of doing it. And, you know, like I said, one of the, I'm, I'm very, very, I've been very blessed to be surrounded by really, really good people and supportive people that have the same vision as what, as, as what I have. And, you know, I was very fortunate, like I said, to be hired by a principal that had, had, had his own vision of culture and, so, I mean, that's kind of I'm surrounded by good people that kind of see it the same way. Beautiful. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let me ask you this from a head coach perspective. Sure. Because a culture can only exist if you have the buy-in, and you, and you touched on that a little bit. How do, you, right. how do you create the buy-in? How do you get your players bought into your vision? That's a great question. That's like the million-dollar question, <laughs> I think. It's, I don't think – I don't know if that's – I don't know if there's an answer – I think, I think, uh, I mean, you could throw a lot of different things out. I think, you know, part of it is tradition. I think part of that is, um, part of that is success. I think part of that, an overwhelming, um, pouring of, of the culture. And all I mean by that is that you just continue to say the same thing over and over and over and, you know, they hear it and maybe over a period of time it starts to sink in and, and then, you know, just like habits are formed, you know, it takes, you know, what is it? It's, it's somebody a lot smarter than myself. It's 21 days to a 30 to, to a month of doing the same thing repetitively where things become as a habit, the same type of thing, just the kind of continual overflow of these, these deals over time. And it, I'm going to be honest with you. It, 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 any coach I'm sure would tell you to say the same thing, but it has not been easy, you know, and you know, cause there's, there's doubt when you start hearing things that are different or you're hearing a different viewpoint or, and then on the top of that, maybe maybe the the wins and losses. There's there's a there's not a success there, or kids aren't seeing that, especially today, that immediate return on their investment. 
there's some doubt. And so I think combat, combating that doubt is just consistency. Maybe that would be the word I say is consistency. Don't not a, not a waiver from you, the, the views and the, and the pillars as you, as you called them um, culturally or expectations wise in your program. And those got to be continual and they have to be everlasting. They have to be strong because, because there is going to be ups and downs and these are kids and they are, they are infiltrated with so many different things on a daily basis, you know, through their, through their different, through their different avenues of, of information that, you know, they're going to hear something different or they're going to, they're, or they're going to, they're going to get something else where it, it maybe this, what, what, what we're saying or what we're trying to provide is not something that they want to be part of. But I don't know if there's an exact science. I, I wish I had that science and I would have, I would have, I could have gotten maybe to a, a better place sooner, but it, it's taken time, you know, and it's really been in the last for us, I'd say in the last, probably the last three years, you know, we've worked hard for the, for the last six, the first six, and there was success that happened and there were some really good teams and players that came through and we've been su- successful, but the, the culture piece, truly understanding the expectations, truly understanding the, what we're about as, as a, as a program culture and, and I think that's really come alive in the last three years. Um, and I think some of that has to do with, like I said, we were constant, we were consistent, we were, we were strong in our, in our um, conviction of, of what that looked like and what we wanted that to be um, as coaches. And we tried to represent that on a daily basis, those, those different things, those tight five pillars and those, and those you know, four pillars that I, we, I talked about, it, about the, the student behavior or student um, centered uh program all those all those four deals that we talked about mm-hmm. um and then i think at the and then i think you know, like i said it's just there there has to be a little bit of success that goes along with it you know what i mean so all of a sudden you start to have some success and you look at and then and then you look at why and then you know i think we've done a, a fairly good job of putting the success back on the kids you know what i mean it wasn't because we all of a sudden became you know, all better coaches or that is, you know, we came up with better schemes, but that are, we kind of put it on the fact that, you know, which is the truth is that our success lied in the fact that our, our culture got better. Our culture was truly committed to by our, by our kids and through our culture, through the commitment to our culture and to each other as, as individuals and the team that bred our success. So now when we look at, okay, well, what has made us successful over the last few years, is because of that, because of that strong belief in who we are as a program, and so now it's a, it's a lot easier to sell. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, kids are like, well, that must work because it's working. So yeah, I gotta buy in, and then you know, and then all of a sudden it starts to work for them. Not only in football, but in other sports they play or in life, and it just becomes who they are. Right. That, I mean, that's I don't know. That's a, that's maybe a long-winded answer to a easy to a <laughs> to a really hard question. No, no, that was great, man. That was great. Over the past nine years. Because, you know, you're creating culture there and every year you have, you know, you have a group of kids that are new to the team. So the dynamics can, you know, the dynamics can change from team to team and it can, you know, either enhance the culture experience or can kind of play with it a little bit. How has, how has over the nine years, how, how have you seen the culture change or transpire as you've, you're going into your 10th season? I think that's easy to, I think it's the expectations. So for me, I, we, we've, we've talked about that a lot. I just think, I think from a culture standpoint, we've always been talking about the same things. You know, where maybe in the last four years, we defined it down to a tight five, but it was always talking about those same, 
those same five words or those same five characteristics. But I think now for us, it's just the expectation, meaning that the kids understand the expectation when they come into our program as, as a, to the varsity level. And now our kids, because we spend so much time with our freshman level, um, I just got done with a three-day camp where, you know, obviously there's not a lot you can do in California and camps anymore, but we kind of do like program bonding type stuff. We, you know, and we, we go out and do a little stuff on the field. Obviously we're not in any, we just have balls out there running around. Um, but um, we spend a lot of time with our freshmen because they're the ones that come in that don't know the culture. You know, they come from different areas or, you know, from different youth programs or never played at all. It's a lot of different experience levels and getting them to understand what that expectation is and really getting them right out of the gate and again, and then into what, what our, what, how we do things, you know, and having our older kids, putting our older kids in positions of leadership and putting them in, what we call them mentor groups where they become mentors for, they, they usually put a varsity, a JV and a freshman kid together and they are able to spend time with each other over that week and really kind of talk about different things and, you know, and there's, there's some, you know, just let them talk and, and, and hang out and have a good time. But some, some t- we ask them to think about some questions and share some stuff. And what that allows for what I've seen is that allows the older kids to feel as though they have a say and that they have some type of, you know, that, that they have some type of, um, I wouldn't say authority, but they have some type of, there's a hierarchy. Mm. But at the same time, it really, it really kind of fosters our youth to know like, Hey, you know, this is a safe place that our older kids are going to help, help you be successful um and are going to help teach you how how things are going to go or how things are how things are going to be and then you know the best teachers are the kids anyway you know kids are going to listen to kids a lot more than they are coaches and teachers so um putting them in those positions and um but i think over the nine years that's the biggest thing is the expectations have been set is this is what lends us up to being successful this is how we this is how we do everything from the highway we lift to the, the way we have our culture to the way we do our drills the way we warm up that's all been kind of said and and so now it's kind of like that's just the norm. I don't know if that makes sense, but just say this is the norm. And you, you have ebb and flow. You're right, because what you have is you have different kids in leadership positions. You have some classes that are super strong in leadership positions where some are not. But right. I think what we try to do is we try to start at point zero every year. Mm. So we don't ever go in assuming that, all, that they know it all. Because I think that's a bad place as a coach to be when you, see, when you start the season thinking, okay, well, we got to, we got to you know, notch 100 last year, so we're going to start at 100 and move forward. I think that's a scary place to be because you are trading guys. You're not, you know, where this isn't the NFL where, where you've you got, you know, you got guys on contract and they're going to be with you for 10 years or whatever. You have literally a new team every year. So starting at point zero always allows us to get, maybe we don't get to 100, maybe we only get to 80, but at least we get to 80. And we're always moving forward. We never have to regress. So I think that's a, um, something that's allowed us to continue to make sure that we're developing kids and leaders. And it's not easy. Like I said, we just had a we do a huge team bonding thing. Uh, we have our kids yesterday. Um, we we have them in the morning. We do some football stuff. But from two to twelve thirty, two p.m. to twelve thirty a.m. I have our varsity kids. And all the stuff you're talking about is all the stuff we're going over. We have, we have group meetings. We do some fun stuff and play some games and, and, and let them have some fun and flipping slides and beach game type stuff. But then we get into like really diving into like our team and Titan five. And, and, let, and we, I give, I gave the kids four questions last night to think about was one was a team goal. Uh, number two was to think about what, what is, what scares you or what, what is something that you're, uh, what you're fearful of in your life. Um, 
Titan five, what is the word that resounds in you, you know, resides in you and, and why, and then how do you want to be remembered? Not football wise, but just how do you want to be remembered in general? What do, what do you want people to say about you um, when you're not around? And, and so we had those kids think about that and talk back to us. So like, again, starting at point zero, trying to build our kids into the leaders that we need. We may not always be to the same level every year. You might get to a leadership level where it's higher than others, but we're always moving forward and not regressing. Mm. I, I love it, man. And it's, and it's awesome to, to hear that you're within your program. You are, you're constantly, you're surrounding them with, with the message, but you're allowing them to have fun. You're building them. You're building character by allowing them to talk about their feelings, being vulnerable in front of the team and which is right. it's life skills, man. We're, we're going to get in the life and there's going to be opportunities where we need to articulate ourselves and articulate our feelings. And, and so I love it that you put those kids in that position. Yeah, no, it's a pretty special thing. We call it a, we call it a night walk. Awesome. awesome. Call it a night walk. Um, and they actually, so we're in the stands with a, so the cool thing about, about it, how we set it up and I've been doing it for a while is they're actually in the dark because we're at night. So, um, so when they're talking to the kids, you can't see the, so when you, well, you can't see the kids faces so they can be a little more open. You know what I mean? So because mm-hmm. they're, it really is like they're talking to themselves because the kids are there, but the darkness kind of, kind of fades the, the face. And so you can be a little bit more, you know, cause kids have a hard time doing that a lot of times sharing really deep feelings. And it was deep, man. I'm going to tell you, there's some deep stuff that was said last night and got a lot of kids shared some really personal things that they're struggling with in their lives. They go way beyond football and life. And as a coach, it's, it's, it's uh it's like gut wrenching and heartwarming at the same time because you're like hearing some of these kids stories or fears and you're like holy moly man you're you're 16 17 year old you should never have to deal with some of the stuff that you're dealing with but at the same same time it makes you feel makes you feel good that the kid feels comfortable enough in the setting to be able to share and and be able to you know cry or laugh or or whatever it is get mad whatever it is and and we don't end it without without being judged. I think that's that's a cool thing that that that, that our little activity facilitates. That's great. It's awesome to hear that. You, you know, when I work with high school kids, it's because they're they're at a point where they're they're trying to figure out who they are, and they're figuring out their bodies are going through a lot of changes, and there's a lot of things going on that are kind of out of their control. And to hear what's going on in their minds is, for me, that's one of my favorite parts of my job, especially at the high school level, because right. it's just the things that you learn and the way they think is is incredible. And I actually, there, there's another uh, sports performance coach out there that works with a lot of NBA players. His name is Graham Betchart. Mm-hmm. And he always says, mm-hmm. from, from a vulnerability standpoint, he says, victory goes to the vulnerable. And when you get people, athletes, talking about their feelings and being vulnerable about what they want and how they're going to do it, he says, that's victory. That's where you start. So, I I mean, that's great, man. I I love hearing these stories. Love hearing it. Yeah, I know. It's a special time. So you have have your program in place. The the culture's thriving. The pillars are in place. The message is, is there. But how involved are the players as far as creating the culture or adding to it uh, whether if it's creating a chance or if uh, the team wants to to meet up the night before the game and have you know their time but they're just doing certain right. things to add to the culture how involved are they um i think it, i think that that depends on the team you know what i mean so i think it's 
they're as involved as they want to. They're as evolved, involved as as to evolve the culture as much as they want to be. So we've had teams that have been more into it than others. You know, I, I, there's a great saying that I saw one time: uh, "No leaders, uh, teams bad. Coach leaders, teams average. Player player leaders, uh, players. You know, players are our teams are great. And so you know, we try to get to the point where the kids are having that. Um, but in our, in our, in our program, kids will call team meetings, um, and kind of talk about issues that are going on. We know coaches absent. Um, we facilitate time. If that's, if that's something that they feel is good, um, they do come up with stuff for games to add to our overall program tradition culture. If you want to bring it into how we do stuff as far as chance coming in the game, that's changed every year, um, with how they, they kind of enter the stadium, depending on some stuff that they want to do or the things that they want to say, um, one of the big things that we do is uh, we call it a, a circle up, but we get into a big circle um, on Thursday before games. We got in one last night. We get in one in the off season. We do a lot of our development in those circles, but those circles are places where we facilitate the circle and maybe prompt the question. And then it's, and then it's really just, it's, it's impromptu kids start, start, interjecting feedback right into that circle, be it things that need, they need to get fixed. And what we do is we try to make it to a safe place where we actually, you know, we have kids call out other kids, like, you know, like to the point where kids are, Hey, you're not doing your job or Hey man, you're not being a leader or you're not, you're not doing what we need to do, whatever it is. And we have kids start holding each other accountable, you know, um, which, you know, you and I both know leadership. That's, that's the hardest form of leadership. It's easier to hold yourself accountable you know, I mean, that's an easier form to to be able to debate over yourself. Another, when you hit, especially high school kids, you start holding other kids accountable. That's a hard form of leadership for a lot of high school kids. So they have they have the ability to continue our culture as far as our pillars and staying true to our pillars. Those are things that we've set over time that we've all, we kind of always fall back onto. Um, and those pillars really, because because of how important they are to life, they kind of facilitate the kids to be able to take those pillars and, and attack issues and to attack the issues that we have within that team, within that moment, within that, you know, within that season. So every year, like I said, those, those, there's always different issues. You always have a different dynamic. So that Titan five is pretty cool because it's amoeba like, cause it'll, it'll morph into what and help the problems that you're having within that specific unit, whatever that, whatever that issue is. And, and like I said, and, and kids are able to use those, to be able to fix those problems. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to allow kids to fix the issues within that program using the key set of the Titan five. So um, that's kind of how kids are able to continue to evolve and, um, and be able to have a say in what, where we're going as, as a program year to year. You know, my next question was, was going to be, you know, who holds your, your culture accountable. And, and you just kind of answered that for me that the players do. And, as I've coached football, as I, as I played football, I love it no more than anything to see a kid, you see the development, whether if they're a sophomore, junior, into their senior year, where you see them actively holding the culture accountable and they're, and they're calling out people and they're not being a jerk, right? Because being a leader no. is not a fun job. So, But I had the no, opportunity no. to watch an athlete last year 
you know, when he was a junior, he was an explosive football player, but he was very, very quiet. And then when he got into his senior year, he was like, this is my team and, and, and this is this is my team. So he was very vocal and he, he actually stood up when it was very uncomfortable many times to confront the team. And, uh, and that experience or those experiences are going to create great people and great leaders in, in our society in the future. Yes, for sure. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I, I know talking to you a little bit before the podcast and playing the quarterback position, that is, that is what the position entails is being able to, to be able to demand that leadership, even when it's uncomfortable. And that's, that lends itself into all the other things that we have to do in life. Cause there's points in life, you know, no matter what it is, where you're going to have to have those uncomfortable situations. I think Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, we watched, we watch a lot of videos too, you know, with all the media stuff. So one of our favorites is Kobe Bryant talking about leadership. And he talked about having those uncomfortable situations with people where you're sitting at some, with somebody at dinner, you might've seen this. Um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, but when you're sitting some, at somebody with a dinner with somebody across the table and they got stuff in their teeth, yeah. you know, and <laughs> you have a choice at that time to have that uncomfortable situation. Like, Hey man, you got, you got stuff in your teeth, man, you got to get it out. Or you just let that person, or you just don't have that uncomfortable situation where you just let the person sit there with stuff in their teeth and you just kind of ignore that. And, and his whole thing is, is that, that that ability to have that uncomfortable situation is, 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 is true leadership, being able to stand up in those uncomfortable situations. And if you don't have somebody on your team willing to do that, you're going to run into a team that is willing to have those uncomfortable situations with this team, and then you will lose that team every time because uh-huh. they have the true leader that you don't. Right. Right. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, because I'm, you know, outside of culture, I'm, I'm dedicated to the practice of, of mental performance and working with you know, performers and athletes and teams. I'm kind of interested to find out how, how important or how much have you integrated mental performance or sports psychology within your program? That's funny you ask that. We, we started doing that last fall. So we actually bring in a, um, a mental, a mental psychologist or a mental coach for us named Robert Smith. He comes in and he actually, he actually works with our, works with our kids on imagery about uh, positive thinking, about um, combating in, in a game, being able to, being able to put your mind in the right place so that you're able to be successful, so your body can do the, the to do the rest. And I'm really getting into like a, a better, a better mental state. It's helped me as a coach. Um, we actually have. We actually are linked up with a, a doctor of physical therapy in Southern California, Dr. Zach Ray, live, live athletics in Southern California and Thousand Oaks that has given us tons of activities to be able to prep our bodies um, before games. And so we actually work out on Fridays before games, which has really helped us in activating our activating different series of movements to put our bodies in the prime position. And, and we all, but we've also moved into that time as having cognitive activation where we're firing our a central nervous system and, and, and putting our body and mind into some situations to expand our mind and to be able to use our, our mental capacities in those deals to be able to relax and, and be able to execute what needs to be executed in the field and be able to handle the stress of the situation, whatever that being. And it, 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 it was, it was hugely successful. He's already come to us this off season. He'll, he'll start coming back to us again when we get back into our, at the end of July and August. So, we've started to, to add that practice in and be able to use, he works with a ton of professional golfers and, and actual ice skaters and other athletes and 
Uh, he actually was a professional golfer for a long time. So, um, so that's been huge. He's been phenomenal for our program. And, but I'm always looking for little things like that. We have a bringing in nutritionist as well. So trying to, you know, trying to feed the whole body, I guess we get mm-hmm. our body right, get our mind right, get our, get the, get the nutrients in our body that we need. So they're able to be successful. So our kids, you know, give our kids the best chance to be successful as I can. Man, that's uh, music to my ears, man. I, I I love it that you're hitting it on all fronts. And I also feel right now in this day of age, you know, we're it's 2017. We all know how important the mental game is. We know how important it is to get our minds right. But sure. I, also, I, I also feel that there, even though there's at the professional level and collegiate and, and obviously at the, the Olympic or Olympian level, you know, mental performance is it's focused on a lot, but I think in the high school sure. uh, level, it's not gaining enough steam as it should. But the fact that you're bringing right. in a, a mental performance coach and you're working with trainers and nutritionists, I mean, that's, that's uh, again, music to my ears. That's awesome. Yeah, I know it's been, it's been huge. And, and to be honest with you, I, you know, all of that, all of it's helped me bringing a mental performance coach has helped me as a coach. Cause I'm in those seminars and, and being able to pick up the different things and go through the different through the different activities and, and the different exercises. And, um, no, he's been phenomenal. He's, he's, uh, he's been huge for our program. Awesome. 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 Well, let me, um, let me ask you one question, one more question before we close up and you might have to think about this a little bit, but, and I, I'm, you know, with all the coaches that I'm bringing on for this, uh, culture series, I'm always going to end it off with this question. What, if a team or an athlete were to walk on your campus what do you think they would experience from a culture perspective? Oh, that's, well, on our campus, it's easy. That's actually, that's actually an easier question you'd think is because, our, like I said, our school is renowned for our culture. They've actually, there's schools come to our school to learn about our culture. I think it would be, I mean, if I had to give you one word, it would be inclusion. They would feel included immediately. They would feel like they were part of something bigger than themselves. They would feel feel incredibly safe no matter what their like I said no matter what their differences are no matter what their no matter what they uh, you know experiences that they come to our school or into our program they feel that they you know that they have a they have a that people care about them and that they have it they're valued for who they are and that they feel safe to be able to be who they are so that they're able to flourish and I think that's what's allowed a lot of our kids to flourish is in at our school um, is that is that is that inclusion is that inclusion that our principals worked hard to provide in a safe place so that you know our kids are able to really prosper and whatever that prosper level looks like is obviously a, within the kid but you know getting kids to be able to maybe dream outside of the box or realize some type of realize something that was never possible they they never could realize on their own I think is something that any kid that would come to our school or our program. Uh, or programs at our school would be uh, would immediately feel awesome, man. <laughs> very good, very very good, man. Well, before we end here, I always promote a book, and and this is very um, timely with the topic we're talking about. And this book is uh, it's called How to Build and Sustain a Championship Culture from Jeff Jansen, and and Jeff Jansen writes a ton of books on culture and leadership, and so this book is is essentially a 10-step blueprint to build a winning culture on the basis of commitment, accountability, and ownership. So if you're interested in in team culture or championship culture, check out this book and check out 
the other books that Jeff Jansen writes as well. Uh, Coach, man, it's again, I love this topic. I, I love what you're doing with your program. You guys are obviously heading in the right direction, and I can't wait to, to, to kind of just follow your success as a coach and as a program. No, I, I appreciate you having us on, Grant. I appreciate what you got, what you're doing, and the, the fact that you know you're looking into culture. And there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of amazing things out there that coaches are doing on a daily basis at all different levels. And I think uh, some people just get wrapped up into that we're coaches and we're just trying to win games. But you know, I know that uh, but a lot of guys get in the profession to develop kids or develop develop young men or women to you know to realize their potential and. I'm just glad that um, you know you're you're putting together this podcast series so that people can see what what what's going on out there because there's a lot of amazing things. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You bet. Yeah.